Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. There's a young man named Matthew Walker who is currently battling leukemia. Uh, there is going to be an auction being held for uh, jerseys, uh, headbands, and other stuff that is all going to go and be donated um, to help him out. And it's, uh, as you know, as everybody knows, in the paintball community, we are a tight-knit group. And we're all out to to help each other. And, you know, anytime that I have the ability to, you know, help out another paintball player, uh, you know, we, we all try and step up. And if, if you know, this helps somebody just kind of go in that direction and, and help out a little bit, I'm... I feel like I'm doing my part, and I, I, I really hope that uh, that Matt can get through this battle. And I don't have all the the small details on exactly when the auction is going to happen, or uh, what jerseys are available, or any anything like that. Um, I just know that something is happening uh, coming up soon. I will be getting more information uh, as hopefully as quickly as I can to be able to give you guys some details. I'll be posting on social media. I know uh, CJ and and uh, and Mr. John Iannucci are going to be posting about it, so I'm sure they'll have links uh, on all of their social media. So uh, just keep a lookout uh, for, uh, for Matthew Walker's uh, auction and donation, and uh, make sure we help out a fellow paintball player in need. All right. This podcast is with CJ Cantor, Mike Bruno, and John Iannucci. Um, CJ, a former player of Chicago Aftershock, now a member of uh, Aftermath. Mike Bruno, former coach of Aftershock, uh, old school player, big name around the game. And uh, Mr. John Iannucci, who is current coach of Aftermath, former assistant coach to uh, Chicago Aftershock. All stand up, great guys. Um, I, you know, I, I I can't say enough about just the uh, the amount of heart that these guys have and dedication to the game itself and uh, and to the players. And it's something that uh, I, I really wanted to be able to uh, express. And I think Bruno does that. I mean, all these guys have have passion for the game, um, and and it shows on and off the field. And I. I really, I hope for the best, uh, just because it is a Midwest team, even though it's uh, it's, it's aftermath. But um, you know, I like to see former teammates and uh, and just anybody I've was associated with. I always wish them the best of luck, and uh, I, I like to see them do do well. So, uh, you know, CJ, Mike, and, and and John, they are like I said, they're great guys, and the the team really needs to have a uh, have a good event event at World Cup which I know everybody's working hard for but uh, but I know the Midwest grind is a bitch so uh, I know man been through it it's tough it's tough but I had a great time talking to these guys and uh, and it was awesome so yeah so here is the podcast with CJ Cantor Mike Bruno and John Iannucci what's up guys how you doing, Carl? Hey, how's it going, Carl? What's up, Bruno? What's up? What's up, buddy? What's up, Mr. John and Mr. CJ? How are you guys doing? 
Good, buddy. Good. Good. Good to see you. I know. I miss you guys. Like we were saying before uh, we started, it's just just the people and paintball in general I miss. And and if if I was able to go to World Cup, just seeing you guys again, it was. I mean, we had a long, a decent long run, Bruno, didn't we? How long did I play with you guys? Thirteen years, maybe something. Was it? 2015 13 it? it was half 13, it, it was sorry, half 13. of 13 yeah uh, and when then, you came out there with your uh your flip top lid and you swore by it <laughs> <laughs> hey man it could rain anytime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd never know uh and and john you came in uh when in 16 or 17 um or was it as eight? a coach yeah i believe let me think here. Uh, with with aftershock in general. Fifteen was, was that World Cup? With aftershock. Oh, semi pro. So I actually started to coach when Johnny got to the D two level, which was I think two thousand fourteen, if I remember right. You were still playing with uh, old school, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was about two thousand fourteen. I started to actually coach. Um, and, like, even back in the day when I played, you know, I always kind of took on that role. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as Johnny started to play and he got a passion for it, I kind of brought him up through the ranks. And uh, when I couldn't get out of bed one morning trying to play with them guys, I decided to uh, give the coaching a shot and actually uh, fell in love with it. Now, was it – were you giving it a shot, meaning you were – there was a team, his team was in need of a coach or were you thinking about starting a, a, like another D2 team or a divisional team or something? No, I actually started the the D2 team. That was actually the first team that I assembled. Um, and then I just kind of fell in love with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a couple years of D2, I think. And then after that, uh, we moved up to the semi-pro level and it started to get serious. Now, moving up to semi-pro, how long were you in the divisions before you you made it to semi-pro? I mean, even let's let's how about we do before we do this because we're kind of jumping jumping the gun. Um, who introduced you into the game, and how did that kind of come about? Uh, Mikey actually, me and Mike have been friends since what sixteen years old. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we go way back. Well, you guys were racing cars together, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did a lot together. But Mikey introduced me to the sport in the 90s. He cheated me back then. <laughs> I cheated him, though, too. And we were really big into drag racing. So um, it started there, and then we just became friends, you know, and told me you got to try this paintball stuff back in the late 90s and fell in love with it, you know. Now, it started there. Bruno, where were you uh, in your career when you introduced him into the game? You were... Probably about three. I mean, you know, me and John started hanging around during the whole, you know, when I had first started even. And then, oh, gotcha. you know, probably three World Cup victories in, he uh, he started, like, like playing a bunch. And, and yeah, so make maybe, what, 94 90, or 95, 96? Something like that. It's been a long time. He, he went deeper into cars. Yeah. I went into paintball deep, and John went really deep into cars. He had he had the fastest cars. Yeah. 
And I I started a family at a young age. Yes. So I was kind of back then. I was bouncing. You know, I mm-hmm. I'd show up, I disappear. I'd show up, I disappear, and I really didn't take it serious until about 1999, 2000. I really really got into it. Um, played a lot with. Uh, uh, let me see. Back then it was Psycho Circus and far side and uh chicago element um basically played a lot of challenge park a lot of bad lines i was bouncing all over the place because the second i start to take the paintball career serious Mm. i was working mad hours and trying to support a family at a young age so i'd i'd get going and then i'd back out i'd get going and back out and but i i was always with the sport you know the yeah. whole time I, with Mike all the time and Mike you know he always Mike you know Bruno he always pushed paintball and actually you know I I was an athlete my whole life I was uh I was a big wrestler a big football player and got it I was a D1 wrestler and then you know I I had to go take care of the family so I had to give give that up too yeah I mean I wouldn't want to get pushed by you well and and, i mean that was that that i mean all jokes aside this is the whole reason why i kind of want to have you on is because there what happens a lot of the time with the internet is a lot of things get misconstrued a lot of things get taken out of context um there's a lot of uh variables and gray area that happen Right. And, oh, and, the, and the biggest thing I wanted to do was to be able to give you some kind of a platform to be able to express your side uh, right, wrong or indifferent just to be able to because, I mean, that's the hot ticket thing right now, too, because nobody's playing paintball um, as far as like a national level goes. And then right. something, you know, not to get in this, but I'm sure, you know, everybody wants to you know hear it. But, um, you know, this this happens and now everybody's talking about it. And then now all these rumors and uh you know mistruths come out and i just want to be able for you to kind of give your rundown on it and you know give people some at least another perspective who weren't there right you know what i mean and and 99 of the people posting things and talking about it they weren't there they don't know they don't know that uh myself my team new york extreme we're, we're very good friends. Bo and Harris are, and Harris's brother, I mean, Will, Hennessy, we're all very good friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like my feelings go deep with them and, and what I did was wrong. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that. What I did was wrong. I let my emotions get the best of me. But it, it started Saturday, you know, bickering back and forth, and not, you know, New, not knows. New York. New York doesn't bicker. <laughs> but ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's all fun. You know what I mean? We all have fun together. We're always talking smack. Yeah. And it's it's competitive, you know. But at the same time, at the end of the day, what happened got blown out of proportion. We're friends at the end of the day. I apologized deeply, and I did. Because Milo was hot, and I don't blame him, mm-hmm. you know. And he he had told me he's like, well, what if I push Cantor? And because Milo wasn't able to be there, yeah, he's watching this on the webcast, <laughs> and 
And you could just imagine his gut feeling. He wants to come kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> because one of his players just got pushed. And justified. Yeah. And, and you know, when he called me, I was hot still. So, you know, he told me, when you calm down, call me back. We'll talk. I called him back when I was calm. And, you know, he's like, what if I pushed Cantor and you were sitting at home? I said, I would have got on the next airplane out there. He's like, my point exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I reached out to Thomas and I apologized to him and, I mean, that's all I could do, dude. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I'm an intense person. My team's struggling. I'm trying to get these guys ready to play quality professional paintball, you know? And yeah. these are all these are all greenhorns, bud. Mm-hmm. I got one guy. CJ's the only one that, that's got all the experience. And, and even CJ's young at the pro division. So... It's a learning process, and anybody who thinks it can happen overnight, you're you're crazy, and you know that, Carl. Yeah, I mean, it, it's having that that two year, two to three year process. Bruno, I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you're. I know why you're snickering. Listen, listen and, and yes, maybe what John did was wrong, but here's the deal, okay? And this is the God's honest truth here. And I know they're friends, and I know, and they're sharing a house together at World Cup. I'm yeah, we are sharing them. a house together. They, they <laughs> so have a huge awesome. house rented, and they're sharing it together. So here's my thing. Yeah. If we come from a, there's certain people, maybe the older generation, whatever it is, but you come from a time to where you don't chirp as much. You know, you if right. if you if someone's chirping, there's consequences. You have you have to be ready. Like, like, like if I'm intense and mad and, and, and this and that, and some, somebody chirps back at me, I'll chirp back at them. But if they, you know, it's like, man, sometimes you have to be checked, you know, because if, even if that dude was bigger and tougher than John or whatever, or, or myself, you have to, you know, if I'm going to chirp at you, I'm right. I'm, I'm, you know, I want it. I want it. it, You know, and people just can't chirp and i i feel bad for what happened there but man sorry but come on dude if some big dude is going crazy no one else on new york extreme did anything they were just standing there because they know that dude's mad even though he's our friend he's mad and it's john i'm john's best friend i am not getting in a dude like that size's way bro no no like Ah. Well, and I, yeah, I, I yeah, understand. It, 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 like even the comments about how it started, like they thought I was upset because I'm getting my ass kicked by New York Extreme. No, that's not it, bud. I, I've had my ass kicked plenty of times. I don't get that amped up for losing a game, okay? Right. I get that amped up when things on the field fall out of control because of the chirping, and mm-hmm. that's what I was going off on the refs about. Yeah. You know, and then you hear the mumbling in the background. Now, mind you, this the chirping started Saturday. So everybody who thinks they know everything, shut your mouth. You don't know. Right. All right? I know we got all these tough keyboard warriors and all this. Hey, I didn't grow up like that, okay? I'm not going to run my mouth unless I'm going to do something and back it up. And that's just how I am. You could You could type on your little computer, throw the threats out there. That's fine, but you're not going to do anything. You're mm. not going to do it. It's it, it it is what it is, Carl, and it got intense. But we know you know John. Okay, you've stayed at his house. You know we've been part of this. He's he's my best friend. He's the nicest dude. He's big there, the most generous. But what he isn't, and like this dude pointed this out, 
he compared John to like, like Sarge and no, John is a, and I'm not saying Sarge, but Sarge has a lot of money, for example. Okay. John, you, John is a hard working, he, he does good for himself, but he is a constant hustle grinding to pay for this stuff. And, and, and you, you know, it's, it's, I mean, come on, you get intense and, and, and you're get and he's a competitor. You know, you and but he's the best dude. I mean, come on, Carl. Yeah, you know, dude, I can he's I can so definitely he's vouch. The best person, well, absolutely. There is. I mean, I can vouch because I was a part of the program, um, the aftershock program for so long, and was as close as I could be with you guys. And I I yeah, I do nothing but but talk very highly of of all three of you, um, because I have. I mean, that's that's all it ever was. Um, and I enjoyed the hell out of the time with you guys. And, and you know, at any point in time, if anything would have happened, I'd, I would step up for all three of you. Um, and that's why another reason why I want to do this for you, John, is to be able to give you this platform. And I, I 100% feel for you, man. You know, and, and it tends to be the smaller guys, too, that like to talk, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, and, it is what and, it is, Carl. It you is. Know, it, and I'm not condoning. It was nothing personal. And, yeah. and everybody knows that. We are no by no yeah, means condoning. Off his back and, and things for that dude to say in some of the video and, and, and this and that and people's comments. You don't know him. You've never been there. You've never walked that. You, you've never had that much on the line. Yeah. You maybe not have ever been that competitive. All those things, man. So you know just what, leave it alone. You know, you know what this reminds me of is do you remember the time? I mean, this isn't an, an exact uh, example, but the bat. Do you remember that? Yeah, oh my god! Badlands. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course I was there. Yeah. But who's the only one that did something in the beginning? That kid was coming to attack. Who was he coming to attack? Oh, I forget who. I man. think uh, Barga. Barga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The young one. <laughs> Ronnie Dizon ran off in the woods. Everybody took off. I remember everybody taking off because <laughs> nobody knows what he's going to get. I was like, this motherfucker. Like, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. But when I saw he, all he had Listen, was a bat. We grew up I was on like, the south side of Chicago, right? Like, so when somebody goes to their car to get something, we yeah. don't expect a bat. We expect a gun. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I stood there until I saw what he was gonna grab. And once I saw he had a bat in his trunk, I figured he can't swing it. So I was like. All right, well, let's go. And as I'm going forward toward the guy, fucking Mr. Olympus Bruno fucking sprints past Beat me. Beat you in the race, dude. Beat you in the race. Get it? And just, and just took this dude to the ground, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm hey. glad I didn't have to get into the mix of it. But it's just funny when, when shit actually goes down, and, and I think that's what I meant by standing up for you guys is like – you know, because we were a family, and if anything were to happen, and just as a small incident yeah. like that, which was none of our business, but yeah. somebody like that comes to the field and you know puts themselves in that situation, no matter who I'm trying to, def you know, who he's trying to, yeah, yeah, exactly. to do whatever, I'm at least going to stand up for a teammate, and um, and, and so, God, just just craziness. And I'm, what did I mean? I I don't really want to know. I mean, I do want to know he what he said. Um, man, Tony I mean, said to you, but but I don't want it to be taken out of context. <laughs> no, any more than it was just bickering, Carl. I, I mean, know it's you know what I mean. It's it started Saturday, and I'm you got to remember how competitive of a person I am, and you know people think you know Inucci's just an asshole coach, but he's not. And and my guys know I love him, and I'll go to war for him. They, they all wouldn't play him. for you otherwise. There's no broken spirit on this team. At the end of the day, we're all eating dinner together. We're smiling. We're laughing. And 
they know damn well I have their back no matter what, win or lose. Yeah. Those are my soldiers, and and I got them, and so, they got me. So, a uh, another thing I wanted to address was there was a rumor going around that there was a leaked text message to uh, to the team. Or I mean, is that true or is that I didn't? Yeah, it was. It was true, and it's sad that the way it got out and that you know these these kids have no respect for anything anymore you know and they just yeah. blast down the internet and it's it's big and funny but it's not funny at all you know we're all gonna laugh about it later on but at the time it wasn't funny and you know i i made a post said something stupid again with my emotions i took it down i apologize for that too but it wasn't a player i've because i i told everybody in group chat i'm going to find out who did it mm-hmm. it you know just man up and tell me and it it was somebody on staff that didn't mean any harm by it but they sent what somebody else asked him how aftermath is doing how's john doing and he took a screenshot of my rant wow to my family in group chat that's not ever supposed to get out right and sent it to this guy well this guy decided he wanted to share it in his group chat and one of the little punks in his group chat decided it was funny and blasted it on the internet so Mm -hmm. it's you know it's just childish no respect for uh boundaries for yeah it's just it's childish you're you're just a little punk well and and cj you know you've been playing for a while now too and uh you've been playing in a program that is very much intense uh whether it be the aftermath uh, program or the uh, the aftershock. Well, uh, you've pretty much been on all teams that are after something. <laughs> yeah, but <for> the- <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it, you know, I think a lot of people think it's tough to play on a team with a lot of guys with a, with a, a lot of coaches rather with just straight passion like uh, like John does or like Bruno. Well, that's does. actually like one of my favorite things about this. Team Ex- that's exactly what, what drive, I was going to get to. The push, like it, it pushes me to be a better player, a better person in reality. Um, it makes you feel like you know they're going, they want to be there as much as you want to be there. Exactly, exactly. And that's you know that's another thing with because uh, and everybody likes something different. That's the biggest thing. And and as a player, you have to understand. And both as a coach, you have to find this middle ground, right? They, the players have to find some middle ground with you, John, to be able to uh, communicate and communicate Definitely. effectively. And the same thing with you. You need to find the individual ways that the players react and, 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 and work with your type of coaching. And I feel like some people just are one-sided and they are, you know, they'll step back and be like, I, I, I can't deal with this guy. I got, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. Rather than finding that middle ground of communication. And do you, I mean, do you find it tough with as, as intense and passionate as you are as a coach to be able to, uh, you know, get through things to certain players? I mean, Look at it this way. These, <clears throat> let's be honest here. The Midwest is struggling, right? <laughs> I mean, we can all agree on this. The, the entire Midwest is struggling. Yeah. So, you know, the aftermath name is legend. Mike Hinman's legend. So it's right there. Those shoes to fill are nearly impossible. Big shoes. Those yeah. are big shoes to fill. And I love Mike. Mike's a friend of mine, and I got huge respect for him. This wouldn't be here without Mike. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he helps me out a lot. 
I, I get advice from him. I get advice from Bruno. I even get advice from you. You know that. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm learning at the same time these guys are learning. But, you know, I went into this event. I've already given these guys everything I have. So you know what? Sometimes people need to get their asses kicked to finally get it. And, you know, Johnny knows. Johnny's Johnny's never been babied, okay? Mm-hmm. Johnny's been through the Iron Throne just like everybody else. And I used to drill him in the backyard till he'd throw up, and I'd make him get up and do more. And he's been through the ranks from, from uh, what's the, before D5 Young Guns, D5, D4, D3, D2, D1. You know, and, and then Mikey finally gave him a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was fortunate. Hinman was so busy and burned up, he he, he needed a break. So I, I, I asked him, I said, let me give this a shot. And he gave me his blessing, and here we are. But when we get back to the Midwest paintball, the players out here are nowhere near as fortunate, not all of them, as the players out west and in Texas. I mean, they have strong programs out there. Mike Hinman has one of the strongest programs in in, in the world mm-hmm. on the west coast, the WC. I mean, you can't compete with that. I'm sorry, nobody can. They try and they fail. And then when you do and you build those players, someone's going to just pay them a little bit of money and, and take away. And See, like John, that was Bruno's problem. Yeah, we're not yeah. paying these dudes. The guys out here in the Midwest, you're grinding. Yes, you might get free this, free airfare whatever like this, but it's it's still a hassle, but you're not getting paid to play. So, and you're working a full-time job. So you're out here, you're developing these players. And, and I mean, CJ you know, works, CJ works 12, 14 hour days yeah. and then gets in his car, just like you did, Carl. Yeah. Everybody's on their own individual, and hustle, individual five, hustle. Six hours, yeah, yeah. And then I expect him to perform, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, and I know that's all over the country. Paintball players are a whole different breed. And I got, a lot of respect for pro players because they do this and you've done it for how many years carl drove yeah. that drive yeah. practiced all day put that commitment and then in. you got to go home to mama and you're dead when you get home yeah but you still got to talk to mama right when we had those superstar lineups you know back in the day i i was learning dude i didn't know you know i coached more off emotion than anything and it was like you know you learn as a coach you grow and everything as the time goes you know and we didn't have the money to really compete with with that stuff so it's tough and john's in the same thing but it's his hard-earned money man and and he's you know so there's extra emotion in there and and, and 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 stuff like that so and we all make mistakes but but it all goes down to the first question though why was I so hard last weekend on these guys because we they, they need, it. <laughs> they need, it. they need to get over that edge. You know, a lot of people look at these guys and say they have no heart. They have no heart. They do have heart. Okay. These guys wouldn't be on this team if they didn't have heart, but they have bad habits. Hmm. So it's like, I've been nice for how long now, maybe I do need to break them, give them a little ass kicking to, to, to make them realize, you know what I mean? Make them get it. Because we're losing from fundamental mistakes. We're losing because of individual greedy, selfish paintball. And enough's enough. It's time to start playing team paintball. And, you know, I I had enough and we had a rough weekend. But I tell you what, I I bet you these guys are never going to forget what their job is 
from now on and, and how to play this field. And this weekend, we, uh, you know, we, we worked everything out. We talked. Everybody's got their heads up. We had a good practice yesterday and today. We're going to go out there and practice tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, to, to, to go on your point of uh, Midwest paintball, and uh, Bruno, yours as well, of, of the whole, I, I think with Midwest players and the players that played for Aftershock and the players that play for uh, Aftermath, I think the whole thing is that the, the players who are there are there because they want to be there, not because of a paycheck, not because of this, not because of that. They truly want to play for a Midwest team know, knowingly um, because of the struggle and the name itself and what that means and, and what that team strives for. And I think that's what makes it even tougher um, is because we also, in, in going back to even, man, that 2017 and 2018 season, it really kind of uh, broke me down, um, you know, Midwest paintball when we would go to Badlands and there would be hardly any other teams there. It yeah. was sad. It was, yeah. it was so sad. I mean, we would end up because practicing. Because back in the day we had a fight to get on that field. Yeah, yeah, and and I think, honestly, I think the best thing we had going was when we had a full squad of semi-pro and the and the, and the um the pro yeah. squad, and we would go back and forth just with each other. Boy, would we fight each other too! But we were like family at the end of the day. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember the um? I forget what practice it was, but when I pulled everybody aside. Oh yeah. And just yeah. and be, because we were just eating each other alive because we were so <laughs> critical on each other. <laughs> I think Slowiak remembers that too. <laughs> but I mean, but it just proves how passionate we all are from the coaches down, you know. And what did we do that night, Carl? We, we all got together. We barbecued. We, yeah. you know what I mean. And back to family. So. And I think that that's. I think we were at a very good place um, after that, semi-pro wise and 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 pro wise. I mean, we were playing pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but it's just sad to see, um, you know, a midway uh, Midwest iconic paintball field like Badlands just not have the teams flowing into it like it used to. And now you're also asking a pro team who who plays there to play at your very best when the tournament yeah, comes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, But you have fuck, those – tur the turf is what did it, you know. And Renick, you, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't disagree with his theory. Is You know, you don't make any money off of those tournament guys. And then those places coming out with the turf fields – it's way better to practice on turf. It really is, you know, because you're not ripping yourself to pieces, it, you know. So the mud, the rain. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like, My big thing like, is like uh, seams with turf, because not every field is is put together as as right. you know you're meticulously 100%. as a, as the next. So it's like you know, I there's a I have a real problem of finding seams with turf fields, and it's just at any given moment you're gonna you're gonna wreck your yeah, wrist or your still knee your ankle the whole aura of it the You're whole right, though, fact yeah. that it's turf carl the whole there's this consistency and that. but see it. out here now i will say you know you have nate's field like breakout mm -hmm. um and then this blast camp those kids those revolution whatever i think is their name blast camp revolution they're really you know it's kind of growing a little bit out here but then it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. you got another guy sneaking up a paintball field in his backyard over here, another guy over here, and because well, they want to pay $25 a case of paint or something right, like that. Right. So it's this is the way the Midwest is. It's kind of it's, 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 I mean, we, it's hard out there right now, and it's hard for a lot of kids to afford this sport. And, you know, that goes back to Mike Hinman. I mean, 
the WC is probably the most reward, cheapest event, and biggest event because of that. And it needs to move out to the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? We need right. to make paintball more affordable because, honestly, Carl, I'm out here watching these Midwest kids. I've been all over the country practicing, and I study these divisional players. And I'm telling you, the West Coast is so far ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Being in the Midwest, it's 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 sad. Because once these, let's be honest, Chicago specifically, once these blast camp kids move on, they, they're either going to go – to the pro division or they're going to break up and go to other pro teams because right. they're about ready. I don't see much after that, to be honest with you. I not out here. Yeah. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but well, I think as we the need to build something out here to get these kids competitive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and as the, the game itself has progressed through the years and, and the individual player has become more and more dynamic and more and more dialed in, um, I, I think that's, you know, going back to the Aftershock of old, with that being such a different game, you guys could compete and dominate at such a high level. And I think as more and more it relied on players um, being more and more just mechanically sound, um, and, and I think as that player progression with the the game itself kind of got dialed in and got a lot more sharp, I think it's just it the more playing time the better, and I, I think that's just where yeah. the Midwest, one hundred percent, you know, has that disadvantage. I used to, like Ronnie Dizon, L.J. Woodley, um, to, who who are these other? They would be out there by themselves, mm-hmm. just doing drill Ronnie after, all the time, drill after drill. L.J. Woodley, I remember when he was on. This is long before him or anything. He would be out there in the middle of Badlands Field, practicing, wheeling around, shooting, and nothing. Didn't yep. matter. He was practicing the the you know the mechanics of it and the, the motion, memory. still yep. still shooting and everything and just and and there's a handful of guys, yes, but like John's right in a hole, it's it's in trouble. Blast Camp is doing a good thing and holding on, I guess. You know, I, they have their little crew, but like John said, they'll get picked apart. Right. Unless mm-hmm. unless our owner is going to pay them and hold them together, right. they will get picked apart. And that's another thing yeah. I want to bring up here. And I've been – Mikey's going to agree with me as soon as I bring it up. CJ also. Um, the loyalty, right? Oh. Now, well, <laughs> yeah. before you get going, Mikey. Mike, I apologize for 2015. Listen, listen here. Let me, let me plead my case first. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Oh, I apologize no. for 2015. I said that, and I have I've apologized so much. Before you two go at it, let me let me just say this, right? It so, made us it made us closer. Look at all the top teams, okay? Most of the top teams have been together how long? Mm-hmm. Right? Dynasty, the legend, right? They've been there forever. Heat. The Russians, Impact 2. I mean, these were all losing teams at one time, Yeah. regardless of the money. They were all losing teams at one time, but they stay together. The program stayed together. These, these players nowadays, the grass is always green or somewhere else, and they're quick to bail just because you're struggling. They don't have that heart, that fight in them, that, that the grimy heart and soul to where we're going to get through this together, we're going to stick together. We're going to go to war together. That's gone. 
Right, okay. which is tough, though, because, you know, you have that everybody grows up with that dream, right? Be a paid professional paintball player. I mean, that's what, where everybody started. Stay, and stay together and you yes. start winning, guess what? The rewards oh, yeah. are going to come. But you don't do that. You give yeah. up. It's the patience jump for that reward. Little Greg Pauly's team, right? Dude, Greg Pauly is Because <laughs> it's so good over there, right? We won how many championships? Dude, Greg Pauly is secretly taking over the world. He is the evil <laughs> emperor. He is building such a such a like dominant so they have a great program yes, down they there do. that jd dude is but the shit. my point is if you guys and i want all these kids to hear this you stay together you're going to get good together yeah. and the rewards will come when you start winning and making sundays like but last camp kids the quitters it, you're, when you're a quitter mm. you're never going to amount to anything okay you You're have to you have to quitter. have that confidence in the team, and I think I think the whole reason why you know these teams, the dynasties, the impacts, the aftershocks of the old, um, the reason Houston Heat, the reason why they're so consistent is because they learned they were there long enough to learn each other's tendencies, and when that when that happens, and you can start going two three steps ahead of of knowing what that front player or that back player is going to do on your team. You have just completely blown the doors open. It's like um, night and day. For opportunities. It's like night and day. Look, look it, what Sarge has done, dude. He has, and it hurt, pains me to say these things, he has amassed himself. He builds himself a core yeah. of people. They've been there forever now. you know. And then their first like year or two, they, were, they weren't that good. They were mediocre. But it was the building process. Now mm -hmm. he has that solid core. Like, is there anyone better than Chad George? You know, because if there are, there's just a couple, yeah. you know, Ryan Moorheads, the, who else has he got over there? Fedorov, come on, he could jump over paintball lanes. But yeah, Sarge's <laughs> team. I mean, it's one of the best teams in the world. Yeah, but, yeah. but they've been court. together forever, you, you know, and I'm talking years to where these kids, they give it, a, what, a half season? Yeah. Uh, maybe a full season and they bail. I mean, dude, it takes three years to get competitive well i think that that also correlates to the uh society of today right everybody needs everything instantly right instant yeah. satisfaction on everything well, whether see, it be technology not like, i'm not bred like that i i i don't quit i'll fight to the death and so did bruno well there's you know, a patience but... built in i mean you you guys right. have you know the, you know there's there's that patience that is built in to the the generations uh before um, you know, and it's 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 to no fault. And what's what's tough to say is that it's a, it's of no fault of the kids that are growing up today because we don't know what it's like to grow up today. I mean, we know what it what just straight hard work is, right? But we didn't have the distractions that there right. are today. So, but when it comes down to it, to brass tacks, hard work is hard work, and knowing what needs to get done is uh, you know is it's pretty plain sight. I mean, it, it's hard Bruno, to are you balder? <laughs> he is yeah. a I didn't know balder. you could get balder. He is a little balder. I'm just thinking about, <laughs> should we just hand them all our participation awards with your last comment? <laughs> well, they have so much more things to worry about nowadays. Hey, are you uh, freaking kidding me? I mean, well, there, there there are, there, I, I'm saying that there are things that we will do not understand that kids have to go through of today. Right. But I'm saying hard work at the end of the day, they know what hard work is and what they have to contribute as well as we do. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's time. That's what it is. It's time. It's time and it's it's effort. And if you can do yeah. those two things, if you can do those two things consistently, 
there's nothing that will be distracting or that will veer you off your track. Now, don't get me wrong. There are kids out there and guys out there that are totally loyal. I mean, nobody's CJ. more loyal than CJ. Yeah. CJ has taken his beatings over the years. CJ Lawhead. And I mean, I mean what it did helps I tell you, you pay CJ what? Like 25, 26. CJ wanted to make the bump to pro. Thirty. And that's what he's getting paid. <laughs> you wanted to make the bump to pro, and I said, just give me one more year, CJ. Mm -hmm. I promise you're gonna go pro. Yeah. He did. He waited. And it those are hard to find, buddy. Yeah. Dude, you CJ. Know, and, I remember he's he's here and he's I, taking his lickings, but CJ's one of the best players. You know, absolutely. And, hey, CJ, 10, 25 grand. Yeah, yeah. We well, get about hundred grand a year, <laughs> CJ. <laughs> yeah, CJ, man, I remember, you know, to to jump on that, I remember you coming into the aftershock camp and oh my God, with his yellow jersey when uh, <laughs> i i know i know that guys have potential and this is going to sound completely conceited but i i know when i start getting shot to my myself when i start thinking and i start it starts happening unconventionally shot and i and i figure out who's doing it um i get frustrated and then it's like okay i start like trying to hone in on you because I know you're good. And so I try and in, in subconsciously, I'm trying to challenge you now too, because now I know that you're fucking shooting me. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's go now. Let's, let's yeah. like make it happen. And so I had, you know, 100% respect for you uh, when you, when you came up and uh, I'm, I'm so proud of the player that you turn into. And um, I can only imagine that you're bringing that to, you know, this after aftermath team. Um, and it, I'm glad to see that you have stuck around. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm glad Bruno's not around anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> quite a fan of that. Oh, he's still around, buddy. Even when he's not at the event, my phone's buzzing when we're playing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, watch, I watch every point, dude. I still watch every point, every match. I love the sport. I, I, I got him. I even got him in my ear sometimes. He's screaming at me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a love for the game. I mean, you know, we're gone. You know, maybe I wasn't the greatest at the friggin' coaching, but I enjoy it. I love it. And me and John, I, I live it through him by watching him and yelling. He's at there, him. man. He's there. <laughs> You know, so he's not going away, buddy. You can't do it. <laughs> I, still, I still love playing it. I, you know, I mean, there's no sense in me going anywhere but five minutes from my house. Well, there you, you go. You know, and my best friend also is there. Uh, you know, Brennick. So, but you know, I still love it. So yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I live it through John now. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so John, why aftermath? It. I mean, it was it was it was an opportunity at the time, you know. Um, we basically had like a team already like being developed. Aftermath, like as we all know, is not the aftermath that Hinman built, and it, it, it's unfortunate because that was a really really solid team. I mean, the the ceiling was so high for that team, mm -hmm. and it just it didn't work out. I mean, it's, you know, it the chemistry wasn't there between myself the players and it just too many cheaps yeah that was the best uh, so much talent but just you know and i'm not i'm not here to down anybody it's it's not one person's fault it's it's everybody was at fault but you know i think honestly i think there's only a couple people from that squad still playing pro paintball mm -hmm. and i think uh frank ante tomaso is one of them playing with revel and CJ's here with me. I mean, but 
CJ was actually an addition that I put on, you know, when when I took over Aftermath and uh, the rest of the guys. I mean, I don't know what they're up to, but I wish them luck, you know, and it yeah. just didn't work out. But like I said, I'm not a quitter, and it, the name is a hard – it's hard to fill, you know, it, 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 being such a competitive team out west and then bringing it to the Midwest – that's why I got to be so hard. I'm, I'm trying to get these guys up to par because you know how tough that pro division is, Carl. It's a whole different animal just yeah. going from semi-pro to the pro division. And, it, you know, people who never played it, they don't respect it like we do because they've never gotten their asses kicked out on that field. Yeah. And most of them don't have the balls to put the work in to get their ass kicked like this. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, And the biggest thing with, with – um aftershock and you know we're talking about getting our ass kicked those those toughest losses that we had were the ones where we lost by one overtime and i mean and and cj how many how many times have we how many losses and bruno you know this too how many losses have we had where we've lost by one or we lost in overtime and everybody says you know everybody looks at our record on all these events and they're like, oh, they went three and one or, you know, whatever it was. And you go back and you look at the scores of the individual games and we lost by like one point or two points, two quick points at the end of a match. or Right. Like, it's just it, that those losses are heartbreaking. Those are the worst. Me. I mean, how many overtimes did we lose last year, CJ? Oh, my God. I think I had the record for overtimes last year. <laughs> and I, I believe all of them were losses. Yeah. We lost so many matches in overtime. That crucial penalty at the wrong moment, at the wrong Those point. are hard to swallow. Those yeah, are hard to swallow. Just... Especially being down, fighting back, going to overtime, and, and a red flag flies. Well, just you know, it's like, you, like how close you There are. should never be a red flag thrown unless everybody knows it's coming because what you did was pretty stupid. Right. Other than that, at the most, it's always a yellow flag. You know, unless you're running through the middle of the field with hits on you, unless you wipe a hit, unless you, whatever, yes, that's a red, but these red flags should never fly, dude, and dictate the outcome of a game. Well, what do you and think dictates the outcome? And it always happens to the lower teams, the bottom 10. What do you think dictates the outcome of that game uh, more, the swing point or the actual penalty being assessed at the time? Fuck, you're going to get all complicated and it's shit. Usually. It's always the penalty, dude. <laughs> Come usually. on, Carl. When that flag flies in the fucking air. It's over. Yeah, you're. You, that's the most emotional. Come on, John. Oh, I, I've got, I, I think I had the record last year, and, and I got some this year, I believe, too. You, you get so many at the wrong times. It turns, <clears throat> it's happened to me for years. You, you just get beat up. It's just emotionally training, dude. You know, and then you I mean, we went through that this weekend uh, at the invitation last weekend at the invitational with uh, New York. You know, they were up three zero. We fight our way back. It's three to three. We get a major. You know, it, that just takes the heart and soul out of a team. The refs should never dictate. That I mean, you can't blame people. that on the refs, though. I mean, well, it's completely on their. You know, it's their discretion. What right. they think is and, is a worthy of a major. You know, or a I blame the player. The player has to take the heat, right? At the end of the day, it's the player's fault. But it's just, man, over, over when you tie a game up and you get that red flag, it just, that's... What was the penalty? Uh, I think it was you, CJ, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on me. Oh, <laughs> it was a pack hit, though. You don't, you it don't was. let me forget about it. He, he got hit on the side of the pack. I got hit on my outside pod. Off yeah. the break? 
Yeah, I didn't. No, not even off the break. It was on my delay. Yeah, on your way up. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't feel it. No, but, I didn't. no, I didn't. No, I didn't feel that one. I knew. That one, I knew. <laughs> but he flinched, Carl. He flinched. So, yeah. Get him we know, know what that flinch does, buddy. You're either you're either gonna come out, you or you're gonna not flinch and get it off. I, I still think, <laughs> I, I still think that doesn't condone a major penalty, though. No, I. No pack hit should ever be a major penalty. No. No. But, it, I don't think these were NXL refs. First of all. Right. No. I mean, the refereeing has been think better so. there than it was at the recent ones. Right. This was just a, a mega practice, invitational at refs. So it is what it is. But, dude, right. we could go bet 50 cents and I'm going to be competitive. You know what I mean? Right. It, this is serious to me. I don't know about anybody else, but. We just go for pride. And, right. You know, it'll, it'll still be competitive. Practice. We are playing you. This is, this is a match. So it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I do think uh, last year, I think Aftermath had the record for overtimes. <laughs> With losses, by the way. So you guys uh, you guys played the World Cup field this weekend, right? Or this past weekend? What was that? You guys played the World the World Cup weekend at that uh, Virginia Open? Yeah. It was a little yeah. yeah. What, uh, CJ, what did you – how did you feel about that, uh, about that center? Because I, I noticed there's a lot of people that are going up there and, like, just doing that – quick jump over to the 50 um is is that 50 gonna be a concern because i know that's kind of somewhere that you're going to be kind of floating to is that that kind of middle area and kind of floating around there do you see that thing being filled constantly like just uh on a regular I mean, it's basis a, it's a pretty crucial bunker on the field like even if you can fill up there like mid-game like it can dictate a point it could be a win or lose point just having a body in that situation um I mean, you have a good opportunity to dip over into the snake. You can control the outside pretty well, not as well as most center fields, but right. um, it is still a pretty crucial bunker, yes. But um, I mean, do you see, you know, looking at this field, I think because it's such, I wouldn't say it's an easy bump, but I, with the availability of just anybody pretty much being able to make it to that 50 for the most part, um, I, I think this is going to be so much counting on uh watching other teams play this field and especially oh, the teams sure. that you're going to get to play and that's going to come down to you know what we were talking about these tendencies right it's really having guys be able to watch film and really get it down to where okay this player does this and and write down you know how often this this fucking dude goes to the corner or he go he does you know 75 percent of the time this guy's running up the middle and jumping over that 50 let's just do it right off the break just shoot that gap and you know and I, I think there's a lot of players that want to skip a lot of younger players that want to skip that 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 field walking and that that time to be able to sit down and watch film uh, they just want to play get the reps in get the reps in get the reps in but if you do your that's a that's what a lot of these higher end teams do if you watch any of these documentaries on any of these teams or any any filming or anything like that they're spending a lot of time at the table Right, going right. down, breaking down percentages, and, and doing all this, and it is so crucial um, uh, of a successful team. You know what I mean? And um, do you have? I mean, do you see CJ yourself being uh, being younger? Do you see a lot of generations around your age or younger spending the time to think about things like that? I mean, I, w I would essentially say it's up to the coach's decision to make sure that that happens. But, I mean, individually, even going to all these spots and making sure you're going to do your job, I mean, do you see players doing that? 
Um, not as much as like you used to. Like back in the day, like like you said, people would bring out a pen and paper and like literally have every habit written down. And a lot of the players think they can just go to the field and just watch a game or two, and they think they pick up on the instincts and the yeah. tendencies and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean. We spent like an hour and a half, two hours today, literally going over. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up because that's over, what we worked on. Yeah, today. we went. Over, we yeah. spent like two hours today, like you know, when the sun was going down, on like situations, like, hey, if this guy gets in the spot, these are the spots we need to be in, right? To, you know, to can still keep control over the field. Yeah. And you know, we're you know, us as a team, we're trying to go that extra step, and you know, making sure that everybody is holding hands doing it. So, I think it was fun seeing too. Uh, everybody played that field for the first time. Mm-hmm. Everybody's finding all these spots and all these moves are happening organically, you know, that weekend. And I think that's what's so uh, inviting about not seeing a layout until yeah, you arrive yeah. at the event or, you know, or the week of uh, the layout comes out or something. And I think I really hope that that's considered um, sometime in the future because there's, there's something that when you release a layout uh, early – not everybody, not all these teams can afford case, crates of paint to be able to shoot these spots. 100%. You know, and I think that's that's a tough part of, of of having teams that are well funded is because you know well funded means you have a you have a paint crates coming in to be able to shoot these lanes and find all these bounce shots and all this bullshit. Um, Thursday release of the layout solves it. Yeah, I agree. So you don't see it till you get there. That's how I'd like to see it. Just like I, the there's a lot of people rooting for that, and I'm surprised there's not a bigger push for that because I myself is a is a fan of that. You know, it's yeah. release that layout the day before and let's get it. You know what I mean? The, the divisional players, because that's the difference between a wood bat and aluminum bat. Okay, in pro and and college baseball. And, and you have the the divisionals, that way the field owners still get their little piece. They can practice their layout for the two weeks. Mm-hmm. But those pro teams, no, just let them interact. Then, then they could practice the semi-pro teams or other teams and play on their layout. But no, when you get into Thursday, a professional paintball team gets released Thursday. Well, didn't they have, um, I forget what season it was, but or and maybe it had been a it had been a couple seasons, but where the pro layout was different than all the divisional fields. That was. It should be. That was Dallas PSP. That's when they did like eight point five true semi or whatever it was. Who knows? Dude. That was the last time. This shit's a blur. <laughs> I, I, I that was. It uh, it will help some for the uh, lesser funded teams, you know. Yeah. Or switch it's to more, something oh, else besides ramping. There is. You know. But I think that comes back to what Carl was saying. It will it'll help produce more organic moves. I mean, generally when you practice a field for two weeks in a row, you know, hey, when this guy does that move, right. yes, yes, you basically become a body. Shoot the gap. Yeah. Well, I, I still sit there and shoot a bounce shot five cases on a bounce shot to mm-hmm. see if what these bounce shots. Right. That that pre well, that also prevents people shooting a whole skid of paint on bounce shots. Well, it's, it's, it's also it's because ridiculous. anybody can do it. With this right. fucking ramping thing, dude, anybody can shoot left-handed and keep a 10.5 balls a second fucking stream. So it's not hard to do. And because that is still prevalent, um everybody's going to be able to do fucking shoot left-handed or right-handed and yeah. and continue a lane. Right. No, I agree. Thursday release and mechanical pros. What's that? Thursday release and mechanical for the pros. Just do semi-auto. Stop being a little bitch. Semi-auto, yeah. Can't you rip those things, though? 
Well, yeah. If you learn how you, to do it, that's bottle. up to you, buddy. You'd always get caught cheating in practice, putting it on semi. That true <laughs> semi. It's because it's harder to do. Stop being a little bitch. It's just oh, a, it's the same on. thing as when you got mad at me for shooting that emac. Oh, it's and stop. I. Sh- Stop. Stop. He did. He Don't shot two paintballs. Tell, are we gun. bringing up the mechanical gun, Carl? Uh, we were just talking about this. <laughs> he was, you were. I mean, oh my god. Carl guy. still celebrates that mechanical gun. <laughs> and he shot him two balls. That was so. Funny. And, and what'd you say? See, Bruno. See, I you, dude. I, I'm doing the drill. It's well, it, yeah, yeah. I shot a guy going to the right, to the right corner twice, and then I shot a guy going to the left corner. Twice yeah, with two did. balls, each guy, and yeah. then I saw you furiously walking around, doing this, trying to like, find out. Shooting shooting <laughs> I mean, Markowski is the most efficient paintball player in the league, right? He's only going to shoot a few paintballs, but he's going to yeah. get kills with yeah, those paintballs. Bon- his monsters. Like- <laughs> That's true, dude. I don't. I don't know anybody who sh- has shot less paint. But yeah, I, I bet if you compare the how many people I've shot with the amount of paintballs that I've shot, you I'm have probably the up least there. amount of paint oh, fired with the most kills for sure. Do you remember at <laughs> World Cup accuracy. one year, you fucking after like two days on the second day, you're like, oh, I never loaded this. You had never loaded your shit and you dumped it out. and It was a solid mass of paintballs. You had had that in your fucking pack the whole tournament. I'm like, oh, you shot. Uh. <laughs> so here's here's a great thing that happens too is when you don't uh, when you don't fill those pods, especially because the bores started becoming smaller and smaller. Uh, when you don't fill them and throughout the day, it usually tightens up. And I went at, where I had my velocity was usually around like two ninety two, two ninety three around there. And as it heated up, I would get oh, closer yeah. right around to where I needed. See, I think that's another thing is everybody shoots way too low. And if you can get yeah. the the hot spot of yeah, where you you're can like, ride the edge, yeah, dude, just ride it at like two ninety eight. Like that's yeah, all yeah, I need. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Cody Mikowski is good for that though too. Just let everybody out there know, Cody is humming when he goes on that. Field. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that don't, um, you know, think of. And maybe it's just by coincidence that I have that happen because I don't, <laughs> I don't fill those pods. Um, oh, dude, it was a but, solid match. It was a solid match. Uh, he played the whole tournament. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> but I think I think it also stresses, um, you know, a, a time in paintball where accuracy was was I think held over a volume as a front player, because now you have front players who are going to shoot fucking four or five pods for some who knows reason. I, I feel truly in my heart that if you are a front player, there's no reason. Why, with especially the the average amount of time that a point is in a match, that you should be shooting that much paint and still be in D two. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's, that point. I mean, I, I I don't understand it, and I think I think because it's easier to shoot that much paint because of the ramping and everything, and and I feel that there's a lot of value that people are. I don't know if that people are overvaluing their body because I, I know this will be kind of controversial um, because everybody's like, oh, paintballs, paintballs in your head, paintballs, mental, paintball, this and that. But if I get to your fucking 40, I'm going to be mentally fucking the side of your head <laughs> <laughs> with my so barrel true. and then you're going to have to figure something else out. So I, I think there's there's a mental edge that you can physically 
uh, introduce into your game by intimidating, uh, you know, a team by making those moves quickly. And I think it's almost like a lost art, I feel. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm trying, buddy. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it there. Dude, pretty much it comes down to me. I just, I miss you guys and I miss playing, man. You too, brother. Yeah, you. Yeah, those those were fun days, dude. They were, and it, it, what's nice too is we were mentioning the the mechanical side. I think that brings out a lot of people, um, and, and a lot of from just age ranges to ability, um, and it gets everybody playing. And it's it's just good to see, you know, paintball kind of making its way back, um, you know, in a times like these, I guess. Yeah, we uh, we got to keep it going, and we got to get these young kids involved and get them competitive especially in the midwest yeah yeah it's it's sad because you just want to see you want to have we're never going to have the the weather so you have it has to come down to the individual player of making the days that you can during the week or whenever it's halfway decent weather make the individual effort to get out there and just hone in on your on your own mechanics and the the better you are and the more solid you are mechanically the better off you are for whatever team you're going to play for that's a fact yeah um cj yeah. how did uh how did paintball come about for you i mean where where did your journey start and uh and, and how did you how did you figure out what paintball was uh kind of the classic routine you know uh went to a birthday party shot up my friends loved it uh, I actually just got, I int- was introduced to uh, a close friend of mine, um, and he asked me to go play a tournament with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up going to do that. We won the tournament, had a blast, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, as the the years went by, you know, I you know showed up to the tournament field more and more, got introduced to some, to some new friends. Um, now, is this in St. Michigan. Louis or is this Chicago? Yeah, this is St. Louis. Okay. So I, that's that's where I'm from is St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but, you know, as I was getting more introduced into the tournament scene, um, you know, I became closer and closer with this group of kids from the St. Louis area. And eventually we developed our own team called St. Louis Hustle. And, you know, we, we climbed up from the ranks. I think we started in D2, um, went up to D1. Kind of lost a little bit of funding, went back down to D2, back up to D1. You know, so it was a roller coaster ride. But, right. you know, that's that's the one thing I always enjoyed of paintball was, you know, that bond that you get with these with these friends and these people that you're close yeah. with and yeah. going out there and competing and beating all these top-tier teams. Like, that. that's that's what I lived for. And, you know, and I think it was 2015 and the hustle fell apart, and that's when I met John. And, you know, we've been pretty much inseparable ever since. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, and it's um you know, were you kind of hooked from the very beginning? I mean, as far as tournament goes, and I could hear you guys whisper that entire time just I, I knew I that. We're talking it. about the jersey behind I you. Yeah, so that's uh so the jerseys oh. that I have is a uh an impact Bart Yakimak jersey. Nice. Um when they first came on the scene. Uh Colt Roberts and then that's what we thought it was. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Adam Geis from Avalanche. Yeah. Um, back That's the jersey that him and I exchanged our very last match in 2018. Um, from uh, DMG, Michael McLaughlin, excessive jersey. Alex Frazier jersey from. Yeah. 
I think that's the one from uh, the Smart Parts. Uh, that's my favorite jersey. I have that signed by everybody on that team except for uh, friggin' Mr. Uh, you know, Oliver, White Cloud. <laughs> the, the one with the Intel <laughs> on the back? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Aftershock jersey, and then my Titman Effect jersey, and then a Cody Smick uh, Dynasty jersey, and then a Infamous jersey. Then I have a, I have a couple more in my in my closet here, but I would love a Bruno jersey. But I have a Carl Markowski jersey. I also have a CJ Cantor Shock Limited Edition jersey. Ooh. Yeah, that I want back. Hey, Carl, I got Bruno jerseys for sale. You just hit <laughs> me up, buddy. <laughs> I'll send you one. I, I got a Bruno headband too. I'm a jersey saver. I finally gave Rennick Miller his jersey back because he had my. Uh, my uh, Godzilla from when I was a kid hostage, the big giant toy with the launching fist. And I was I wanted my toy back, so I gave him his jersey back finally. But I got a nice little jersey collection. <laughs> well, and with uh, with all the jerseys, I mean, they don't really some, – some correlate. But I have um, the different headbands throughout the years that I wore hanging with the jerseys. And then, uh, like the Avalanche one. Please tell me you washed those, Carl. Dude, I was such a dirty kid when I oh started. Oh, God, were you stinky? Yes, That's how I, you know he's Midwest. Yeah, That's how you know he's Midwest. <laughs> you don't wash your stuff until never. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, and because, dude, especially if you're playing. See, that's what I never. Even until recently, um, I if we were playing good or I felt like I was playing good, I wouldn't wash my stuff. Everybody no. would be washing it, hanging it out. I'm like, what are you washing out the juju for? <laughs> you silly, silly boy. And then so I would just – I would leave it all. I, I mean, I would set it out and let it air dry, but I'm not going to wash the juju. I can't yeah, do that. the same guy that drags his foot across the third baseline or the first baseline when he's walking on the field. <laughs> See, no, I never touched it. Exactly, that's my point. Oh, okay. The guy that washes it is a guy that drags. So I have. Yeah, Bruno's like what are you doing? Right? Just. I have Bruno's headband under lock and key. That way he can't sell it. <laughs> but when I received this headband, I don't know how many different players begged him to use it, which yeah. he's soft, so he let him use it, and that thing stunk <laughs> so bad. Oh god! Like it was in my room. And I'm like, what is that smell? Is that the one? Is it a headband it, or is it a bandana? Yeah, or a sandana? that's the one, Carl. That was my baby. The and one that JJ wore? That hawthorn tree caught me in the forehead <laughs> and it ripped it. And I sat there in my lap, within my lap during the match, just staring at it. And I wanted to cry. And it's never felt the same to me since. Oh, look at this. <laughs> look at this sandana. Yeah, yeah, wow. see, yeah, mine, that's similar. mine was flawless. Yours is worse, Carl. <laughs> yeah, yours is worse, but mine was flawless, Carl. Flawless. And the Hawthorne. Yeah, this is yeah. just, I don't know if you can see all the Franken stitches that I put in that thing. Carl, you were with me for how many years wearing that thing? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, yeah, that's when you can tell when somebody likes to get, like, right up in the business. And because right. I will definitely, well, that's why I started wearing the beanie, because I tried to save my sandana. Just no, or it could hole. be because you have a giant afro like a Brillo pad up there on top of your head. When it's not cut, yes, yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, Bruno, that that sandana, the one that JJ wore. Um, yeah. CJ, you know that's, this. He probably wore it a bunch down the 
down by you with a big yeah. silly dude. That patch was so annoying. Well, that was, that was on, there forever. But well, you know, I'm not saying that it was like it. There's not meaning to it. I just thought it was like super gaudy and ridiculous. Dude, looking. JJ sucked the mojo, the life out of that mojo, out of that thing. That sucked all those years out and just sent it down the shitter. <laughs> I love you, CJ. Or JJ. Um, hey, Carl. There's something I want to bring up here. Um, yeah. You want to you want to bring it up, CJ, and talk about it? Or? Uh. I don't know the exact specifics of it, but uh, basically, uh, uh, a good friend of ours who was pitting us, pitting for us in an invitational. That's when we first were introduced to him. Um, mm-hmm. He's fighting his fourth battle with uh, cancer, Le- leukemia. Leukemia. Oh, um, his, his name's Matthew Walker. He's, I believe, he's 17 years old. Yeah, he's a he's a young boy, but he loves the sport. Um, and he is fighting for his life right now. Yeah. He's a trooper, and we kind of wanted to do something to kind of help raise some money or whatever we can do to to, to kind of help. So um, I think John's been doing a collection of jerseys. Um, we haven't really locked in every single jersey. Yeah, we doing, have but... we have several jerseys, and we're going to auction them off uh, at World Cup to raise money for Matthew. And this kid, I mean, this kid touched my heart and soul, and I've been watching him and getting updates with his fight and it's it's, it's not like watching commercials on tv i'll tell you that it's yeah. like i've been in tears several times following him and uh we're, we're trying to do everything we can to raise money for him so we're going to do an auction at world cup we have we have a lot of different jerseys we're going to announce it there also but i just want to get people aware and ready for this because we, he needs as much as he can yeah and, uh, we have like a jersey from like. How many the, jerseys do we have so far? I know we have at least ten, all yeah, from different. and we're still adding to the collection. Yeah, all from different pro teams. I mean, we've talked to other pros, and they're willing to put in their jersey and stuff like that. Just something, you know, kind of cool for paintball enthusiasts and stuff like that. And yeah, we can race. It's a really, players, really good so. collection. I mean, and we're still adding to it, so there's going to be tons of pro teams in there, and um, there's some big names and. But regardless, I mean, when we set this off, you know, please donate and and fight for these jerseys. And it's you know it it's going to a great cause and it's going to be a really cool collection. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I believe you got something in there, don't you? Yeah. Did I you? I actually had a uh, I sent in a unopened um, one of my monkey with a gun headbands. Uh, yes, it was unopened yes. in the package. Uh, yeah. Still had the monkey with a gun sticker yeah, in there and everything. Yeah, there's, so there's going to be a lot of cool things in this package, and I mean this. I, he's got to beat this because I, I can't wait to to fly this kid out and celebrate his victory, you know. And we're going to World Cup, fighting for this kid and representing him. So that's another reason I'm angry at practice, you know. And yeah. People have no idea the, fight the gifts we through. have in life. And the enjoyment we get playing paintball while this kid's suffering mm-hmm. and fighting for his life in the hospital, you know. And yeah, now, is there we're anything just else? To do whatever we can to help him. Is there anything else? Um, you know, if somebody can't snag a jersey, is is there somewhere where like a GoFundMe or something that somebody could donate to? We haven't exactly like locked in the specifics. Um, we've kind of just been 
pitching the idea to other pro players and stuff and you know they've been donating and basically we have a horde of jerseys now we just want to figure out what we want to do with it but, right we'll um, take that colt roberts but <laughs> <laughs> no we're gonna we're gonna probably do something on instagram right yeah and and do some type of auction and just let people bid these things up and and 100 of the money goes to matthew and uh, i can't stress enough to to throw in on this and donate because it's so sad to watch him fight but he's a fighter man and and we we're praying for him and hope he you know we think he's going to pull through yeah can't wait to celebrate with him well that's a, that's the great thing about the paintball community right is you can do something like this and people will show up you know people oh, yeah. will show up and people will contribute and you know it's it's a tight knit group and that's uh, love of the game love of the game yeah yeah crazy well, yeah, I mean, that's. Th- let me know um, when you guys do do something on uh, Instagram, if you guys have anything that you would like me to post, or uh, just, you know, if I can help out more, you know, I'd, I'd love to. Definitely. So, I mean, what do you, John, what do you think? What do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of the new, the new layout for World Cup? I guess not the new, but the only layout for World Cup. What do you, what do you, how do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to be. A bloodbath. I really do. I think it's uh, it's a fast field, and it's a very disciplined field. So if you don't cover that zone, or you give up them fifties, you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah. I don't think it's a field you want to stay on that back line, and it's it's a race to those fifties and wrap. You're gonna you're, you're gonna see a lot of these big names. Uh, they're they're going to show what they're made of because it's this. And that's another reason, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get these guys ready for this field. This is a tough field, Carl. It looks fun. Yeah. It's a very fun field. It could be lightning fast. One mistake. You're going to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what side do you think is going to be the, the, the push side? I mean, that Dorito side looks like you can get up pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, it, it I mean, the snake, you know, they're going to be, you know, the snake Either side, side gonna go is deadly. right to the 50. Yeah. The Dorito side seems a little more straightforward to where the snake side is. It seems like the snake side is a little tougher. You know, it, it's, it's pretty tough over there. From, from what I could see, or at least what I can remember, which we all know, I don't have the greatest memory. Um, but it looks like for the most part, the snake side, you have, uh, you know, jumping into that diamond, not not physically jumping in the diamond, but you kind of just have that go to the 50 side, right? And right. then you have maybe one bunker ahead of you. And then I was kind of looking and scoping out the Dorito side. That seems pretty nice and squirrely. I mean, if you if you can run a certain route, I feel like you can get up those Doritos fairly quickly. 100%. And it, it seems to be a field of working in pairs. That's just my point of view. Yeah. It, I think the back line is the most dangerous place on the field, to be honest, because those guys can get up to those 50 so quick. Yep. And if you're on that back line, you're in trouble. Yeah, picking packs right And then away. don't forget about the center. Because yeah. we, I, just, I think I just saw footage of, yeah, yeah, uh, putting it on the Ironman at practice. 
they they had the guns the wrong way and yeah yeah came through and i think he killed all of them so yeah it's, it's a fast field buddy I don't don't uh, leave a zone open that's all i gotta say Sloviak said yeah yeah i was hit on the break yeah Sloviak said he, he said he, he called cheated. me specifically <laughs> well it doesn't look like they sent anybody far on that dorito side so they just sent them that can and they just divvied up that can and didn't see him coming yeah and it, the Dorito side, you get out, you go up, and it's they could be at that 50 quick, and yeah. I mean real quick. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Always Bruno coming in late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Who are you guys practicing, or have who who have you guys been practicing? So we did the uh, the mega practice last week. It was uh, six pro teams there. And then this weekend, uh, usually I do this the first week, but because of the mega practice, we did three days over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week, uh, we're practicing ourselves. We've been drilling and drilling and drilling and work doing scenarios, breakouts. And uh, like we were out there today until it got dark, you know, just yeah. going over scenarios. At Badlands? And, uh, today we were at Blast Camp at Virgil. Fry's Field, and uh, how's that? How far is that from you? So for me, it's about forty minutes. That's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a nice setup over there. So we were out there by ourselves and just taking care of business, you know, trying yeah. to clean up everybody's mistakes and just I'm running through time after time after. I mean, they were getting sick and tired of it, but yeah, they got to know what their job is and. I'm I'm sure they're pretty clear now. <laughs> Do you have a lot of guys that are local? So I got uh, they're scattered. So Joel Eaton is from Washington State. Um, Corey Jones is from Florida. I got Unger and Kevin Wenk from Wisconsin. CJ's from St. Louis, and then uh, Johnny's here. Uh, who am I missing? Tim Roberts is from Florida. Um, I believe that's it. I think that's everybody. If I missed you, I'm sorry, boys. Johnny, Johnny is solid too. Um, and I felt like that was one thing that he was missing when he was on the, on the aftershock, uh, camp was experience. Right. I felt like he had he I I felt like he questioned himself a lot uh when he didn't need to, when he just needed to right. play with that, you know, that self-confidence. And uh do, do you see him coming into his own uh as of late? His mechanics are 600% better. Yeah. And I think his confidence is finally there. He's actually trusting himself. You know what I mean? And you know, right. Johnny's He's been through the gauntlet, man, and, and I mean, when we weren't on the field, Johnny would be at home doing drills in the backyard. I mean, I got bunkers here and in air, and he's always been good on his feet, his shot. I mean, I wish I had that shot when I played. Mm-hmm. He's got similar to your shot, man, that one ball, you know what I mean? And Yeah. You know, Johnny grew up watching Rob Velez a lot, and, and his style kind of reminds me of Rob sometimes because – you know, growing up, 
watching Velez and and then being playing with Velez and kind of being coached by Velez. I mean, he mm-hmm. he uh, he envied Velez and he he's, he has that type of style. So yeah, Johnny. I mean, he's he's finally starting to bloom. So yeah, it, it's good to see. Um, you know, another uh, player who I was always very impressed with, um, but always thought there was more to the story um, was Unger. I thought Unger, I, I, I think Unger is a such a talented player, um, but just like rough around the edges, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, come on, dude, come on, man, you're like the the talent, the ability is all there, uh, but you just can't get the the other the other half to correlate with with the talent and the the ability, and and hopefully, I'm I'm. Hundred percent rooting that he uh, that he works out and comes through. I mean, Unger Unger's finally straightened out his life. Unger should have been pro years ago. You know that. Yeah. He was on his way. He was a very talked about in the league, and you know he got in some trouble. He had some life problems, and As we you know, he's still young yeah. though. It's, it's not too late. And Mike is very very paintball intelligent. Um, now he just needs the reps because he missed so much time. Yeah, it's got to catch up he's got to catch up so he's here you know i've been rooting for mike for years i've always kept him under my wing and you know like i said i don't give up and and mike finally straightened his life out so i'm trying to get him up to par yeah it, it just takes reps you know that he's, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of catching up to do um you know we, we were talking about uh you know that whole thing in the beginning of the incident that happened and and, and me wanting to kind of bring you on here to give you this platform to, to kind of not even prove anything because, I mean, the, the ones who know you know who you are and, and how you are. And I, I just wanted to say on here, too, uh, that it was John's place the majority of the time that I stayed at that he opened his doors uh, for a bunch of just hooligans to stay in his house and <laughs> uh, and just run amok. And I'm I'm so grateful man for what you do for the kids um and and players around the chicago area and i'm 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 very grateful to be able to 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 know you and have uh have played for you um along with bruno and i think i think what you do for the sport for the kids is amazing i think your attitude is amazing um i think it can be misconstrued uh when a small little 20 second clip comes out um and but I, I, you have the biggest heart, man, and um, and I just, I was looking around at your house. I was like, man, I remember we had some good times over there, man. We, we had a really good time, man. A good bond. I still got your jersey framed up that you wrote me that little letter. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's stuff like that. People don't understand that, you know. And it's we, it's memories, you know. And that's what I'm building. I'm building memories for myself, memories for you know other people, and. Paintball is a, a special thing that not not a lot of people know about or or get to experience it. We're a whole different breed, mm-hmm. and we're all one big family, you know. And the, you can't take a twenty second clip and, and and try and judge somebody off of it because everybody makes mistakes at the end of the day. And yeah. I know it wasn't right, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I. I those are my friends and I, mm-hmm. I gave my apologies. That's all I care about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all you can do. 
I try not to get like that, but it, it, it happens sometimes. <laughs> it happens. Know? It's, it's competition. You know, you got to understand that. It is. And, it, you know, if you can, you have to understand the situation. Uh, and I'm not just saying from your standpoint. I'm saying from just, uh, you have to know that it's intense. I mean, and, and to me, if you're not intense, you're not in it. Um, not in this division. Not Not in this division. I mean, a lot of players do things their own way. But you can tell intensity just by looking at somebody's face. Uh, they can be calm as a cucumber, but you can look in their eyes and you know that they're they're honed in. Oh and, yeah, one hundred percent. Or you can have somebody like you know, like Bruno or somebody like yeah yeah who who can be over the top and they'll let you know they're intense and you can right. see that the body language is there. Um, but you have to be able as a player and you know this I can you know speak to this on on a lot of the, your guys that you have that are new, you have to be able to read a field and read players, um, not only on the field, but also in the pits. And I, and I think that's another thing um, when we're talking about tendencies is knowing and trusting your players and, and knowing what they're going to do, just knowing how they act and when they need, you know, you can walk by somebody, a teammate, and look at them and, and look at their body language and know when they need it. Hey, man, let's get it. Let's do it. Let's get it up. Right. You know, have that positive and, and know when somebody needs their space. And it's it's knowing those small tendencies, you know, in the pit or wherever that can really be exemplified on the paintball field. And it, it comes with time. You yeah, know? 100%. But people can say what they want. Every team is going to struggle at some point. But for a team to get good, you have to put in the work. And, and put in the time. It takes time for a championship team to develop. Mm-hmm. Unless you have really deep pockets and you buy all the players. But even then, that team still has put in time yep. and gelled together. It's not a guarantee. Right. And I think that's a lot of what you know is misunderstood too, is you know a lot of teams, the only thing that they have with, with having money is the ability – to give the players time right to give the players time to be able to develop with each other and and create a great team the only thing that these players have around the midwest and everything is themselves is is the dedication to themselves and to their team um without any kind of monetary uh interaction and that's i agree but you you don't need the millions of dollars to be successful Right. And there are teams out there that show that, mm-hmm. but they stay together. They work hard together. Yeah, they got that bond, you know. And like you said, other. they know each other's tendencies. They help each other. They feed off each other. Team paintball is what it's all about. Yeah, and that's what I loved about, you know, I brought up, you know, I brought up your place is is about after a hard days of practice, you you know that Saturday night we would go to your place and we would hang out with each other. We would just we would learn just what I could do to make you guys laugh, or you know, because it's something simple as that that can make you trust me on the paintball field exactly. in a weird way. But that, that that is a must. You get that bond, and mm-hmm. that bond is it's a it's great to see when it happens. Yeah. Or you can all just sit around and just smoke a giant bowl together and just uh, just relax. <laughs> well, you know they're gonna do that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, um, I I very much appreciate you getting on here with me, and I'm so uh, I'm so glad that you were 
you you were able to get down with me too awesome it, it's always great to see you buddy i miss you you too man I, I miss you and uh like i said i wish i wish you the best of luck and you know you know what you got to do i mean when there's... you get tired of sitting there you give me a call all right <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, off. I'm always down to play man that's the that's the biggest thing I'm the, I played uh, a couple weekends ago um, down with the, the level guys. and Oh, I heard. I knew you were out there. I got my spies <laughs> on you. And it was fun, man. I, I, had, a, I had a blast. And, you know, when the, when the weather warms up, I'll be, I'm sure I'll be heading down more often. And Those level guys are a good bunch of guys, man. They are. I, I really like them. And they got, they, I wish them the best, too. They, you know, they're starting from the bottom, and, and they got a long – Long ways to go, just like a lot of the pro teams. So mm-hmm. just keep going at it. They got a good uh, organization there, a good bunch of people. Let me know if you guys ever um, – I mean, obviously it's not going to happen, you know, anytime now this off season because we know our off seasons are full of snow. Um, right. But if you guys are ever down there when the weather's warm and you guys practice them, I'll, I'll definitely come down. Oh, definitely. Yeah, as long as Bruno does it there. Who's the Bruno's chiming in here about. He's saying like I caught fishing, Carl. I didn't caught fishing. Did CJ get caught, caught fishing? fishing? I never Was he fishing? Yeah, he's fishing. He's sticking his dome up over the top, fishing for some bodies there. Did he get clipped? Yes, he did. Bring did up. you get clipped, CJ? Bring yes. up the film. I'm gonna bring up the film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. It is. It's. It's. Uh, it's awesome seeing you, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, you guys too, man. I. I really Bloody like seeing blood. everybody except for Bruno. <laughs> love you guys. We Have love a good you. one. Right, Carl, and um, yeah, stay safe, please. I'll talk to you soon. Later, guys. Later. Thank you guys so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Uh, it was it was really nice to be able to hear John's side of the story and kind of how things went down, all the craziness, all the the paintball passion that is out there. I'll tell you what, um, all three of those guys have a lot of it. So, uh, but but thank you guys so much, and I wish you all three the best of luck. Lo- well, Mike, you're not playing at the tournament. <laughs> uh, CJ and uh, and John, I wish you guys the best of luck. Bruno, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Um, but uh, but thank you all, everybody out there for listening and uh, and being very patient. I know that. Uh, I haven't been posting very much, and I apologize for that, but I will be having more guests on and, uh, and more frequent podcasts. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Please make sure to not text and drive. Listen to podcasts like this one, and we'll see you here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.